0: What's up everyone, this is Pastor Sam, and this is Danny, and together we explore the book of Mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today, the transfiguration, Jesus He will
1: avoid with his unclean spirit, Jesus again foretells his death and resurrection. Who is the greatest? Anyone not against us is for us. And the temptations to sing.
0: Yes, right. That's right, Sam. We are in it. We are in chapter nine. We are on the second half. We're on the back nine. Well, the back eight, right? (laughs) the back nine. You don't play golf, do you? (laughs)
1: No. Sounds (laughs) weird.
0: We're in the back. It's 18. It's back nine. It's front I, nine or back nine. I know, but it's 16 chapters. Oh, that's right. That's See, right. someone gay. All right. I don't do math. That's why I'm a pastor. No, I'm joking. Good job. All right. We're on the back eight. And um, in his gospel, in Mark's gospel, he's telling this story just at three levels simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? he's he has a story of Jesus preaching and teaching and performing miracles, right? Uh, He also describes the ongoing confrontations, like the underlying confrontations with the the Jewish and religious leaders. Mm -hmm. And finally, there's this third act of things happening. He's teaching and he's training his disciples in order to bring them to faith and to fully and to eventually fully understand his true mission. Um, As we go from chapter to chapter, we see Jesus working at each of these objectives. And hopefully, as you've been reading and following along you kind of pick up on those pieces too as well. Yes, yes. When we left off chapter 8, Jesus brought his the the disciples to the point where they finally acknowledge their belief in, in who he is, in the Messiah. And in closing verses, he, he continues to explain to them what is required of a disciple. In chapter 9, the one we're going to talk about there, he's continuing that training mode, right? That training mode. But will continue to slowly expand their understanding of who he is and the true nature of his mission. So that's where we're at. That yes. kind of gets us to this point, and uh, in chapter nine, it kicks off with the transfiguration.
1: Yeah, and I and as you preached uh, two weeks ago on the importance of Peter's uh, confession, he was saying, you know, uh, he confessed who Jesus was. I think the transfigurations is 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 no longer Jesus trying to prove anymore to the disciples of his divinity of who he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really trying to get them to understand his mission, what he's here to accomplish, and, uh, and make get them to buy into that mission because the, the chapter as we get in there will end yeah. in that way. But yeah, Transfiguration, what, what you got? I, I mean, chapter 9, things start to get tougher for, for the disciples, yeah. uh, until now it was... Uh, it was uh, it was smooth, s- smooth sailing smooth up there, sailing.
0: eating whatever, getting fed. And the, witnessing. They're
1: just you know experiencing, uh, but now it's starting to get a little bit more difficult to be a follower of Jesus. I think the rubber meets the road. Yeah, uh, or the rubber now, meets the road. Yeah, or oh, yeah, well, you have skin in the game now. Skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. the the cost of discipleship is starting to be highlighted from here on now, and yeah. then eventually uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus yeah uh, they're really called to some action, but yeah. yeah it's starting to get real it's starting to get real real here
0: yeah and this is a this is a this is a major um major event here that the Transfiguration where Jesus takes his inner three right yes and, and you know we we, we like that Jesus within the twelve he had that core group right the the people that that's close to him yes and and I always you you
1: you have heard me ask these questions before uh, if Jesus had his close three. We we need to have those close three those three individuals those individuals that we we're close to intimate uh, some individuals that we can share some some uh, some intimate things some things that matter to us uh, as men and as women uh, live life on earth. you can't live it alone there are some things that you sometimes you have to bring some people alongside you and I think one of the things that I get from this Jesus bringing the three is that. These guys, they're, they're, these are some of the guys who really relied upon Peter. He, Of course, we know how much he relied on <laughs> Peter, right? Yep. Uh, and how much even Peter felt them. And I think even in a friendship or in a partnership like Jesus had with Peter and
0: James and John, uh, they will you know it's even true for us people will fail us well what's the what's the where we're alluding here to things that we're going to read about coming up right in, in the future obviously sure. when mm-hmm. peter denying jesus as as a friend if someone denies who you are mm-hmm. i mean that that's hurtful. that hurtful yeah. but you can see reconciliation is possible because jesus demonstrates that that's true uh, for us but but yeah we will definitely get in there and and kind of leading that we have the three here now i will say like the three is also because of this thing's gonna happen for later, because obviously we'll read that he tells him don't tell anyone. Sure. But in the in the Jewish tradition there had to be multiple witnesses to confirm a deed. Sure. So true. this transfiguration, which will then be because now we're reading about it, it's a confirmation that it actually did happen. If
1: it was just one guy there it could if be he, an or whatever, yeah, exactly. oh you're just making this up when there's three guys testifying of the same event that, that is yes. true. Yeah. yeah, so here's they are in the transfiguration. They're up in the mountain. Jesus takes them high mountain. They don't know which mountain it is. Yeah. Uh, but the Jewish people are very familiar with going up in the, going mountain the mountain to hear God speak, right? And yeah. So here's Jesus taking uh, his three disciples, led him to the high mountain, and and the word that is used that is transfigurated. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus was transfigured before them. The, the, the Greek word is metamorpho. Yeah, metamorpho. Yeah. yeah, which Paul uses in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 and Second Corinthians three, eighteen. Mm-hmm. But there uh, it's translated in the English, transformed, be transformed, renewed in your mind. Um, but so Jesus wasn't transformed, he was transfigured, right? Yeah. That was a, a completely change um, in, yeah. In, in, in his appearance, and, and I mean, it goes back to oh, some Old Testament things, like Moses being transfigured, have his radiant face, radiant face uh, yeah. when he went Well, I him. mean, I
0: think of it as like like we did we did a series on trans on metamorphosis, what we call a trans transformation, transformation. Mm-hmm. where we looked at the caterpillar into the butterfly. So it was something like that, something completely different. He tra- he transfigured into something different. So mm-hmm. you can't say, well, he changed a little bit. It was a complete change, complete change. And and it says here that he became radiant. radiant. Mm-hmm. And I like that word, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was no Mr. Clean back then. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a uh, I mean, it just talks about the glory that it was demonstrated yeah. to the guys here. The glory of God, the glory of Jesus was demonstrated here to the
0: guys um pure glory and 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 what about the 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 three that came uh uh i'm sorry the two that came elijah and moses so now we have jesus elijah and moses what do you make of that why why elijah why moses any significance i
1: think the significance here is the uh, moses uh, uh the significance of moses the law Right. Moses brought the law and that was something very important. And then Elijah was the prophet. So you have the law and the prophet being represented in the top of the mountain with the glory of Jesus. You see here a complete demonstration of God's work among among men.
0: So we're looking at the two different dispensations up until this point, because you have the dispensation of the Mosaic law, Mm -hmm. God talking to the patriarchs in terms of like, you know, Abraham and, and Moses obviously brought the law and the prophet and Elijah. And you had said something to remember when we were talking you had said it also represents um like the people who have who have died well yeah,
1: yeah. The, it, it represents Well, it represents two kind of of people right yeah. those who have died for obedience of for the kingdom yeah. and those who will uh, not die so for example Moses he died nobody knows what his body yeah. went but yeah. he he died yeah. and Elijah didn't die Yeah, was taken up he was, uh, taken, he up. was yeah. taken up so
0: it represents uh, like when uh, Jesus comes back, that same type, the of, same kind of. There's people who are gonna be like, "Whoa, what's that in the clouds up there? Is that Jesus?" That's Ooh, exactly shoo. it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, that so it represents yeah, the two
1: kind, ca- gotcha. the two categories. There are some who will die and see Jesus, and so, those who will not be. And, and as we can see, it, or whatever, again, I, I not necessarily believe in, 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 in <laughs> rapture as we are taught, but yeah, yeah. yeah it will be raptured, but, it will be taken up. But
0: it's it's again, it's so it's so great when you think of God's word that to think about. We just read these three names, two names: Jesus, uh, Moses, and Elijah. And mm-hmm. We don't, we like, we overread it, but we don't even think about, it, but think about what God is showing here is complete. This is complete. Jesus is going to completely mm-hmm. combine all these. This all the work of, of God. Yeah, God together. has been
1: working through generations to generation, exactly. of His people, yes. through the law, through the through the through the prophets, and now. To the manifestation of his son and the work, yeah. the messianic work of Jesus on earth. So it's yeah. a complete work of Jesus, which which brings uh which brings to this, uh, the disciples know what's going on here and they are freaking out, right? Yeah. So like, Peter is freaking out and there and uh, you know he, he he um verse four and they appeared and they were talking with Jesus and Luke tells us what they were talking about. Uh, Mark doesn't talk about what they were talking about, but in Luke chapter thirteen, I think it was, uh, we see that uh, Luke uh, chapter nine verse Mm thirty one, you can see that um, uh, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus is talking about his death.
0: His death. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. They're talking about Jesus' death. So maybe, maybe. Pep talk. In, uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe encouraging <laughs> Jesus, like, "Hey, you are.
0: Remember, you're in God, hey. doing God's will. You doing. You're... Hey, we got you to the front nine. You got to finish that, the back nine. That's right. That's <laughs> right.
1: And uh, so uh, there, Luke talks about his. Um, They're talking about Jesus' death, and then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good that we are here? Uh, many scholars uh, think that that statement should actually be translated with a uh, question mark, like asking uh, like if should, ask should be witnessing if, this. If, yeah, yeah. So there is a little bit of debate about that. Um, um, you know, it's, it's more of like, should we be here? Like, is this is this good for us? Which kind of uh, it makes sense because the la- next statement he says, "Let us make three tents: one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." For the he did not know what to say. <laughs> and you know we have, we have talked about this. If you don't know what to say, maybe you should be quiet. Be quiet. Don't right? say. Don't, don't, say don't say anything. If you do not know, for they were terrified. They were afraid. Yeah. And,
0: and that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, going back to what we know, like you, you, you you, 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 you couldn't be in the presence of God or you will die. That, that's true. So, right. I,
1: so I think, yeah, as Jewish boys, you're thinking, playing into, them, into their psyche. That, that's right. They're, they have been taught this for a long time, right? Yep. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 12, we read, And you shall set limits for the people around the mountain, saying, take, uh, take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death.'" This is Israel in Mount Sinai. Everybody knew that Moses would go up there. Cloud would show up. They, mm-hmm. He would hear from God. They would see lightning. They would see noises. But they could not go up there. And if they did, they would be uh, they would die. And then on on Exodus chapter 33, once again, uh, you know, Moses. There's an intercession of Moses towards towards God about the people, and. Uh, Moses is like I need to, I, who is gonna go with me? God's like, well, don't worry about it. It's like, uh, but the most I want to see you. I gotta see you. And yeah. God's like, ah, I'll pass by. You, you can take a look. You, at, you can take a look at, but you can't see me yeah. face to face. If you see my glory, you will die. Yeah. And verse eighteen says, chapter thirty three, verse eighteen says, Moses said, please show me your glory. Well, they just saw God's glory, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, yeah. the, the just saw Jesus' glory. So, go back to this text of Moses, chapter 33 of Exodus. Moses said to God, please show me your glory. And God said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you and I'll proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and I'll have mercy in whom I shall have mercy. In. But God said, you cannot see my face for men shall not see me and live. Mm. So, I'm sure the, the disciples are freaking out. Yeah. They are on the mountain, which is not supposed to be. <laughs> God is showing up in the mountain. You see in Jesus' glory. Oh man, like I would be terrified too. So he said, can we read, can we build three tents? The word for
0: tents here is is the word for shelter. Like boots, right? Like yeah. Shoot. So like, because there a, there's a there that he was talking about building altars. Mm-hmm. in a sense to kind of worship, right? But, but, that's, but that's, not, that's not but that's not, not it, what's going on right. here. That's not the word. The right.
1: word here is for shelter, for protection. Correct. Should we build some of these shelters so that you guys can be in, so that we'll be protected like, from their... Protect your... themselves. Yes. Yeah. And a cloud overshadowed them. And if you go back to those two passages I just read, clouds are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and a voice came out, of, out loud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him.
0: Right, and this right here, because we we've seen this happen before, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus was baptized in chapter one, mm-hmm. and 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 God affirms that this is His Son, whom He's well pleased. But the disciples weren't present then, so mm-hmm. this is the first time, at least for the disciples, to yeah. see this for affirmation. the twelve, yeah. yeah, for these guys, for, for yeah, these for three, sure. yeah, mm-hmm. for the affirmation that this is My Son, whom I will please, and I think that's so important because. We sometimes forget that these guys weren't really there yet with him mm-hmm. when when he did that. So,
1: yeah, and and uh, yeah, that that's cool. And then they hear this affirmation, and not of a sudden, that sudden word there. Uh, suddenly, is is Mark loved that little word? Suddenly, that's this like, like just this fast movement. Um, we see that. Um, now it's just Jesus and the in the three of them, uh, and Jesus is telling them listen don't don't talk about this. don't don't talk about this to anyone
0: I, I like how Jesus affirms that you know, hey Elijah came like the prophecy Elijah already came like you mm. know he was fulfilled in, in in John the Baptist, yeah, yeah and he restores all things so like here's this thing like he's like we gotta remember these guys are still reconciling who Jesus is right yeah the, the the Messiah concept let's call it the the messiah conflict in their mind of who they thought the messiah was to be and now that jesus said now that they've affirmed who he is, and he's telling them here's what's going to happen and he's going to continue You see the rest of this chapter does that i think this kind of helps see them like oh things are falling into place we just missed it well it is that's very important because i I, one thing that i want to highlight on speak
1: back on what you just said is absolutely vital for us to understand that the transfiguration took place after Peter's confession. After his confession, yeah, exactly. After the confession, it was not a proof of Jesus' identity, the transfiguration. Uh, Peter and the others had began to grasp the truth. It was affirming
0: what they already the, the, came
1: to, yeah, to understand and that was, themselves. That's exactly, it was a faith thing. The faith was starting to grow it in them. And Peter in Second Peter chapter 1, verses eight, uh, 17 and, and 18 talks about that. I read it. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, a voice came to him from the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son. I take delight in him. And, and we heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. In Second Peter, as he's writing his letter to the church, yeah. he's looking back and saying, Listen, we... After my confessions, my faith was growing in Jesus. I started to understand who he was, the, messiah, the messianic work of God through the life of Jesus. And it was no and longer proof.
0: I think we could learn something here. If I can just go down this rabbit trail for a second here. Mm-hmm. We could learn something here from how Jesus approached this whole thing with his disciples. By allowing them, first giving them a taste. Sure. Allowing them to work out for themselves who this is. And then... Can you imagine if the very first time he met him, he was transfigured? Oh, they couldn't. They they couldn't handle it. No, they could not. I think of that like, as we think about a church, Hmm. how many times do we front load on people all these things about Jesus, right? Which is not wrong. Sure. But we don't allow them for themselves to work out within their own lives where he shows up, where he comes in, where they can see him. And I think when we do that, if we allow people that, Then the faith, we go back to this growing the faith, right? deepening the faith, that allows them to deepen their faith. Whereas they take it like they appropriate what sometimes we appropriate what we believe about Jesus onto people and want them to, to automatically believe that. And I think this—I uh, think the biggest dangers of the Christian
1: walk is that we think we think that once someone ex- accepts Jesus as the Lord and Savior, they should be—they <laughs> they should get the whole thing right there and there. Yeah. Their life should be completely transformed, and and no, you know, there is a path. I think we have talked about this even in this podcast. There is a path. Of, of growth, of maturity. We want someone who gave their life today, was baptized, and just for the first time, or second time, or for the first year, reading their Bible, getting the habit, getting on the disciplines, to be like a saint. Well, I'm sorry, you, nobody can not get there. I think Jesus recognized that on the disciples themselves, yep. little by little, little by little, small miracles. I mean, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. Was it significant? Definitely significant. That's a lot different than uh, getting a guy with a ton of demons and spelling the demons right, out of the guy, right. and then the guys were like, "What in the world?" Yeah, right?
0: They're they scared themselves. They're not ready to process that. No, <laughs> you know, not even we would. Uh,
1: not even we are uh, ready to process some of the work of God in our lives and the life of those around us today. We are too judgmental. We we think we know better. We th- we think we know best, and yeah, and and uh, we need to just. Um, rely on God himself for some of this stuff so
0: yeah so as we've seen with this whole Transfiguration scene it's it's really a confirmation of of who Jesus is his position over and in line as you already have said with the law and the prophets right mm-hmm. and he perfectly embodies this by taking on human form human nature and you've kind of alluded to they're having that pep talk in a sense like hey this is it you know we' we're, we're, we're so we don't we don't have private information on what they were talking about, but it's kind of like, well, that's what the words they're talking about what he's about to go through. So, mm-hmm. all right. So moving on, I, I know you you preached on you know the healing right. So verse yeah. fourteen through twenty nine, we'll kind of let that park because you've covered that in depth mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in the sermon. Yeah, yeah. So let's go on now to verse thirty. So so picking up and keeping up with this. This training mode. Think of like put on your training wheels, like what he's doing here, the the transfiguration. Now, now one thing I do want to ask, coming back to the transfiguration, he told him not to tell anyone. So, do you think that the three had this, discussion with the twelve with the, with the remaining twelve? I don't 12? think
1: so. I think I think they were obedient They'll here. I think, yeah. they were, I think yeah. that was the first time the disciples really like okay, we yeah. we, we don't understand. I I mean they probably they talk among themselves. I'm sure, but the three. Um, so, but they says they kept the matter to themselves. Yeah. Uh, until he, he was, just, although he they didn't understand what the reason from after three days was. But um,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, picking up in thirty now, he foretells again of his death and resurrection. They were kind of leaving through yeah, He's telling about telling the the son of man is gonna be delivered into the into the hands of the enemy. they and they will kill him, and then when he's killed after three days, he will rise. But they still didn't understand it. Verse. 32 says, but they still didn't understand the saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Like, yeah. h- how many times have you ever been afraid to ask a question in a situation? <laughs>
1: and, and I think that uh, you're right. And But I think, so, he, so I think you started this part right. Like, this is a private lesson.
0: Yes. This is a private, private lesson.
1: Jesus just gave them what I preach on a private lesson. You have, some things only works if you pray. You gotta pray. And praise total surrender of your condition to allow God to do His thing. We talked a little bit about that on Sunday morning, but you gotta, you know, uh, there are some things that are just gonna move if you pray. So God's people must start praying. So then, so He moved from that teaching to this private lesson to the disciples. Say, listen, you know, it's time for uh, it's time for the Son of Man to be delivered to the hands of men and to be killed. And and they they never perceived the Messiah to die, right? Yeah. And we uh, we have taught this in many times, the ideas that people had for the Messiah. If it was the Pharisees and Sadducees thinking that the temple would be uh, reinstituted and the people would obey the law and that they would be the, 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 the high authority of the time, or if it was the the, the Herods. The Horridians that uh, that their family would be the king, the institute as the king as the supreme uh, line uh, of 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 kingship, and and they would rule, um, and or if it was the disciple that was being oppressed by both of those groups, the religions group, the political group uh and the nations around the disciples thought that the messiah would come and institute this new kingship this new where he would reign for everyone but was more of a earthly thing and then what jesus really came so they never thought that the the messiah would die in this way and then they didn't understand they are afraid of asking questions and i think that's the biggest mistake of the disciples here Jesus is warning them. And then the biggest mistake of the disciple here is afraid to ask a question. If you don't ask a question, you'll never reach understanding. But here's the thing though. How many times in the church we are criticized for asking questions
0: to reach understanding? A lot of times, and a lot of times, it stunts growth because people Ooh. you become afraid to ask questions. I like that. What is the purpose of a question? It's yes. to learn. It's yes, to continue to grow. Yes. and when we when we come off as like you know, looked down upon or like you know that's a dumb question. Yeah, you know we we never say yeah. that, but sometimes our reactions, and then other people in the church, they're like, oh, you don't know that? Like we go back to that question, like how what what do you mean like you asking questions you don't know who noah is like mm-hmm. it's a valid question because yeah. at one point in time you didn't know who noah that was
1: exactly <laughs> it. and you ask a question back then and somebody answered, to you, answered yeah. but now that means you're better than somebody no it oh, is my. not and i think i think in the church we there's two attitudes towards uh towards questions one means insubordination which i'm not think that's true i don't think people i think that the person being uh receiving the question can judge the question and then yes. that's on you that's not another person asking the question so uh if you're judging someone for asking a the question then that's on you that's not another person asking the question so once insubordination uh and the other one is doubt mm. and neither of those two i think is uh is i think those are brought uh, attitude of judgment to the question i think that's a better one of looking of compassion so like oh this individual is actually pursuing knowledge, yeah. uh, pursuing understanding. So let's answer without being judgmental towards the question that been asked. Uh, that's really important. If you are being judged when there's uh, when you're making your question, that means you there's no trust there. Uh, and I think what you said is so true. It people's growth. Yeah, and I, I mean, think the church has kept people.
0: Yeah. I think,
1: small because or it's not their growth. They haven't kept them yeah. little because they haven't been able to export. Yeah, we,
0: we need to water. We need to, we need to encourage, and you know? then we need to water, help people continue to grow and not stunt. And when we find ourselves doing that, like then we really, we truly don't understand who Jesus is for ourselves. It mm. goes back to like, it's, this is not, this is not, he's not about like, Oh, I love you more because you know more about me. No, mm. he, he loves us all the same. It doesn't matter our level of knowledge. That's right. sometimes we feel like because i know more about jesus i have some special love but god is just thankful that we are putting our trust and learning about him so we can teach others about it well, but right. here's the thing it's not what you know it's what you do with what, what you, you know. know yes and yes. a lot of people so
1: focus on what they know and don't do nothing with what they know so if you know that jesus is the messiah the son of the living god and that you have to believe in him to go to heaven if you know that it's not about you only knowing that. It's what you do with it. Are you going to keep people from understanding that? Or are you actually going to proclaim that? You're going to bring those words out to people. Out there. If you know that you have to put sin to death, what are you going to know about it? It's Just knowing is not it's not it. It's not about knowing. It's about what you do with what you know. And Christians are all about knowing, but very little about uh, doing something with it. And here's the other thing. They hog the knowledge. sometimes they don't want to share what they know so they can show superiority over all the people and i think that's as as a disgrace uh to the kingdom of god and to all those that god has called to be in his kingdom so
0: yeah so we have the second section of this uh that starts up with who's the greatest whoever has but more knowledge (laughs) how
1: much do you (laughs) know then not enough okay i'm better i'm the greatest here no i'm joking i I think this uh, this section uh this first last three parts has so much to talk about child little ones as a theme that i think jesus is talking a little bit about humility here
0: yeah and 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 what is it what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about a child to me it They're they're on continually growing. They're they're not gonna stay a child forever. So if you take that into the context of like like a baby Christian, like Mm -hmm. we're not we're not gonna yeah yeah. That's what you have to do. You gotta ask questions. Like children, we have to nurture children. We have to encourage children. We have to teach to help them to learn the things that they that they need to learn. And a lot of times, like. I think when you hear about the church, so that's what I thought about. Is because it's an ongoing learning. Yeah, and and here's the, the biggest debate between the Christians. When when
1: does Christians should stop getting the milk to eating some meat? Because we, we oh, talked yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, we eat that in Hebrews. <laughs> yeah. Like when you when do who dictate? So this is the question for me, for for us here for a second. Yeah. Who dictates when you go from milk to? Boom fed to tune on your own. Who dictates that?
0: I, I believe that it's some of it has to come from God. Like how you how you how you are perceiving, how you each and everyone is different. Like mm. I can learn in a different way, you can learn in a different way. Mm. I think the key the key is progression. Definitely. Key is progression, right? Yes. Like, but you can't you you, you can't go from milk to meat without some type of action on your own like you know what i'm saying that's exactly but here's what i see
1: though in the church older christians dictates the path of growth of an individual not god not the holy spirit not the only individual being tra- worked by god and his holy and the holy spirit it is not it is someone from the outside looking in questioning the walk questioning the growth question the whole process that God is going through uh, in the life of someone, there must be respect to
0: God, to the Holy Spirit, as they work in someone yeah. else's life. I think sometimes we take we take we take a very drastic approach on on spurring one another on, mm. right? And then the Bible tells us that we're yeah. just put to spur one another on, yeah. like. But I, I always I always love the analogy of by perseverance, uh, the snail reached the ark. So uh, as a quote, I can't think of who it was, but <laughs> by, by, perseverance. by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Mm-hmm. Right? If you think about it, animals are going towards the ark, right? Sure. How do you think the snail felt when the when the when the deer was running to the ark? Like, the, man, can I'm I get with, a ride? Yeah, like, yeah, can I? I want to get. Yeah, no one's helped me out. but like it's by perseverance, right? A lot of times we think people should be much further along than they should, Mm -hmm. but it's not on us. God's working in them. We have to spur them along to encourage them from the place that they're at to get to that next place, wherever that's for them, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we think because it worked in our lives, like I got baptized, the next step I did was I, I attended a small group and now I'm leading a small group. So we look at people like, okay. You're baptized all right you learn about why aren't you doing this so we hold these expectations on them that god didn't put on them and and, and the other thing is that sometimes you're trying to mirror your transformation
1: process your journey towards some other people's journey though. yeah and that's a problem too because a lot of people come to me like we all know my my problems with addiction with alcohol and drugs yeah. uh, earlier in my walk and some people who has the same Uh, struggles today come to Pastor Sam how did you did it because I it was cold turkey for me I I, I smoked pot on on the one night and the next morning I was like I'm done not doing this no more and um So, uh, how did you do it? Like, I I don't know how I did it. It, I don't, there is, you can't be mirroring your transformational walk towards somebody. It doesn't really matter uh, necessarily how it was done. It's just that are you willing to go through the process that is necessary to reach that transformation uh, where you're going from drinking milk to being spoon fed to actually eating uh, meat. So, I think we need to stop. Looking at people's lives and judging them for where they're at, and we need to stop mirroring our own uh, walk in the life of other people. We need to allow God through the Holy Spirit to work in us individually, in them, in other people individually, and just yeah. spur them along as you're talking
0: about. Yeah, we, we, we do a good job of impeding Christians in their growth, in mm. the meaning, right? Mm. Versus rather than helping them. Move further, move forward,
1: right? You say this all the time. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a transaction. It's what? It's a relationship. Relation, yeah.
0: It's not transaction, it's relational.
1: It's, yeah, it, it's a relationship. Yeah. How you progress in relationship with Jesus is up to the, the two individuals being related to uh, not to whoever is on the outside. We say this in Brazil all the time. Don't put your spoon on somebody else's coffee. Oh. Don't go mix somebody else coffee. Like don't don't can, can you you have your coffee there and I come with my spoon and I just go mix your cup. You're not you're not you're not, you're not gonna <laughs> like that. No, don't go mess with people, other people's food, man. Don't go mess with other people's drink. It's yeah. theirs uh, yeah. to eat. It's theirs to drink. It's theirs to mix. So they put that whatever God and them are working within, and we do not know that.
0: Yeah, I mean at the same time too, we we don't want it to be here heard that we're saying don't encourage don't help people in their journey it's about respecting where they're at in their journey yes amen and and make and and doing what we can to help spur and not impede and i think a lot of times we do a lot. I mean there's a verse in here that talks about the 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 detriment of of impeding of stopping someone right it, it says down here i don't know if we're down to that section yet uh-huh. uh where and uh, so we we kind of talked a little bit about the greatest and mm-hmm. being a servant um but the temptation of sin. He says, "Whoever caused one of these little ones, who believe who believes in me, to sin, mm-hmm. it's be better for him if he have a great millstone were hung around his neck and were thrown into the sea." Yeah. So a great millstone. That is that is something. That's a stone, right? It's heavy. it's, yeah. it's a, It pulls you down. It does. It does. So he's saying, don't don't go on
1: stumbling people. Uh, don't go putting you know causing them to disbelief in me or not to want to walk towards me and i think judgment is one of the biggest impediment that we can put towards oh, yeah. people's walk but here's the thing though a few years earlier the romans did just that to the galileans who were like uh, insurrectionists like there was these Galileans that were uh, rebelling against Rome, and the Romans got them, put the the rope around their neck, and threw them, them. into the uh, bottom of the bo- sea. So Jesus is like picking on an image that they knew exactly, yeah. And it was gr- gruesome, and they were well not as gruesome what is coming along here, but gruesome, and they and they knew what was Jesus is talking about. So it's very important. That was very important for them to realize, yeah, the the importance of not causing people to stumble.
0: So let's look at the rest of that section there because he talks about you yourself. So he switches the narrative. Now he says, now if if you if your hand causes you to sin, what? Cut it off. Cut it off. Yeah. If your yeah. foot causes you to sin, mm-hmm. cut it off. Mm-hmm. Now it gets very repetitive because I think he's trying to make a point. He says, you know, if your eye causes you sin, gouge it out. You know, and he goes on and goes on because, and he's not saying physically. Well, so he yeah. is using a hyperbole. A- hyperbole, yes. Right, it's a hyperbole. There, he's using a hyperbole.
1: He's re-emphasizes really big what's going on to help people realize this is important. The metaphor of eyes, in my opinion, the metaphor of eyes, hands, and feet are all inclusive of what we view, what we do, and where we go. So God, God is more important than even those things that are most indispensable to us. That's what Jesus is trying to portray here. He's like, listen, it is very important that that you that you don't save yourself in the, in your walk towards Jesus, towards God. No price is too great to pay to avoid the in an inimaginable place where this worm and and does not die and the fire does not quench. Uh, there, there, there is no language to express the colossal cost to sin here. He's just saying, like, you better not try to be saving your, yourself here uh, by uh, uh, being too comfortable where you're at. If it yeah. costs your hand, do it. Because it is better to lose a hand now. It's a hyperbole, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, a, it's a hyper. He's hyper in it.
0: Yeah. Well, the idea is that a saving faith is a fighting faith, right? Sure. So, in a sense that you know, it will. En- you have to engage in the battle of sin. Mm-hmm. And how is sin? How is sin winning in your life? If it's coming from you, maybe you are like in a sense of stealing, like he said, cut it off. But metaphorically, if if you're thinking about this thing, and you you th- then you need to cut that you need to figure out how you root that out and he goes on and on and and talking about different ways that you do that because i think it's it's about not negating the the importance of recognizing where you're at because your actions not only impact you but impact those around you too as well yeah so it's like a dual thing that's why he says little ones The little ones here he's not talking about kids he's talking about those who are in christ
1: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm it would be better for him to feel uh and and hang and, and i think the 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 idea of for me what it gets me here is this idea of cost. There is immeasurable cost here. Like how much does your eye cost?
0: Ooh, man, I can't put a number on it, but priceless. I mean, how much
1: does a hand cost? <laughs> uh uh is priceless. Priceless. For, yes. for us, I mean if you lose a eye, you're losing a sight, you're losing a hand, you're losing the ability to do a lot of things, right? Well, The kingdom of God is even more so is incalcul incalculable the value of the kingdom of God. Isn't that what he's trying to tell us here? He says, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out in verse 47. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes and throw into hell. We haven't talked much about this thus until this time. We are very little literal about this at Delaware Christian Church. Uh, I think we are very we understand that there is a heaven, a literal heaven yep. where God and a literal heaven where God and his people is going to be mm-hmm. uh, and then there is a literal hell, a place sort, a place where those who rejected God on earth who mm-hmm. does not want to be with God on earth well if you don't want to be with God on earth, why would you want to be with God in heaven? Yep. You don't want to be with God in heaven, so if you don't want to be with God in heaven, there's a place for you. Okay. Uh, it's called hell here, and and he kind of hyperbole. Uh, if use a hyperbole, then he was hyperbole yeah. here too, because you have to be consistent with it where the worm does not die and the fire does, does not, not quench. quench. Uh, so he's like saying, This is not a this if there isn't this is i'm using hyperbole here but this is not a fun place either it's like losing yeah. a hand and you yeah. know it's like you, you can't count the cost of that let me tell you you will not be able to count the cost of going down there either or whatever hell is um going there not down but hit hey, there either so it is important that uh we just highlight it for a second here That'll be yeah lot, i mean there i mean I there
0: is a, is a place of torment and mm-hmm. we we talk a lot about like you know, I know you like to say, like, imagine this, imagine where we live today and God's presence here. Hell is a place. God's presence is not there. No. And uh, can't even imagine that. So, uh,
1: I mean, if right here on, on, in, in the planet Earth, I, I mean, we are current events, right? We can talk yep. about current events. I don't think it's too, too, too drastic to talk about the war in Ukraine, mm-hmm. right? What has been the genocide that's happening there? Uh, you know, of, of what we have been told of the yeah, things that yeah. we can be seen I, you know, we yeah. don't know everything. I want to be cautious here because, um, we don't know everything, but it seems like a lot of people are dying there for no reason whatsoever. Right. But you don't have to go to what's going on in that war. We can go to New York city. I was just watching uh, the news the other day, this guy to picked up this older lady and threw her downstairs talking about evil. That's evil. That's she was a nurse. Yeah. Uh, and she was thrown downstairs multiple times. And then I saw another another video of another guy uh, punching uh, this uh, Asian lady uh, several times. And uh, I mean,
0: if we have some hideous... Yeah, hideous, horrible, hyenas act, hi- hideous act. The fact that we live in a broken world, we see these things going on, the unfairness, the injustice, mm. the injustice that we see happening. Like God is a God, he's a just God. Yeah. and he will sort all that out when 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 his day comes. Uh, but a point here is that imagine our world as it is now, and there's and, and God's presence dwells still in here. Yeah, where a place where He's not. And I can't I imagine. I don't want how,
1: to. I I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be part of that <laughs> whatsoever. No,
0: you're right. So yeah, yeah. And then he talks about like you know salty. Right, stay salty. For salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness. This is a funny question. How, how can salt lose its saltiness? Is, was it even salt to begin uh, the, with? If
1: it, 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 salt can't lose its saltiness. If it did, it was never salt. It was never salt. So, you uh, know, one of the commentaries that I read, really I remember reading, it in the present context, uh, fire and salt appears to be a symbol of trial to the cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Discipleship to Jesus uh, lays a total claim on one's life. So this is a language of sacrifice it must be totally consumed or or else is worthless so like you know so is this idea that the disciple who takes on the discipleship i mean you have to it has to consume you completely cuz if not if you lose a little bit it was, you you were never consumed so um, have a soul in yourself and be in peace with one another
0: yeah, it talks about this idea of salt being a, a preservative, right? Mm-hmm. So when it says salted with fire, it, it's a manner it consistent with our relationship to Christ. For unbelievers, it will be perpetual fires, like final judgment in mm-hmm. hell. For the disciple, it will be that preserving and refining fire of the trials and suffering that that gets us to that true greatness. Uh, it's interesting because this is the only place, it's not mentioned in the other Gospels, it's only, so that means this must have held some type of significant uh, place for Peter because we know that Mark is writing uh, from for, just some, from mm-hmm. Peter still. So, so it makes you wonder and think about like looking back now because you have to go and think of the narrative as he's writing back, right Sure and, and what did he get in, what did he get into with Jesus uh, Jesus calling him what? Satan, Satan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. you gotta think like he's picking up on this like, hey, I don't wanna be responsible I, 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 for anybody that's hanging right. out with that guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna like put it here, like, listen, boom, Oh, boom, I boom. like that. I like so that. So he so it, it must have held some significance to him oh, to, it, to bring it to light to us so that we know like listen, you know you're gonna be, gonna be a... you're gonna be preserved with salt, you're gonna be mm-hmm. preserved with whatever life you lived. Yeah. Preserved in hell? preserved with god
1: wow well i never thought of that salty then. stay salty that's that's right the good way though I, I like that i like that i i never thought of that in that way hmm. good job i that was new that was good i like that um but
0: we're always learning so I'm no i, I like that too. that's
1: what this is all about a conversation we're always that's what i love about this podcast we're just studying and talking and convert and conversing over god's word and yeah. And uh, we have a lot. learned a lot together here. And I, I have learned a lot from you. Yeah. Um, I so, think the only thing we didn't touch was verses 38 to 41. Where yeah. I think there is a part there that I think that... Uh, I don't know. I think about the word competition every time I see those verses because the disciples see someone... Um, the funny thing is on verses that I preach for, you, for us on Sunday... Verses 14 to 29, the disciples can spell a, a demon from a kid. And then now someone that they someone don't even else, know yeah. <laughs> is doing that. And yep. they're like, they're Someone's not a little happy. jelly. <laughs> yeah, they're not happy. They're jealous. Like,
0: Jesus, you hold now on us, man. And, and they're like, stop doing
1: it. If I can't do it, you can't do it either. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a competition going on here. And Jesus was like, listen, this is, you got, wait, wait a second. If people are for me, if they are for me, they're for us. They're with us. So let yeah. let let them do the thing. They can. Nobody can spell demon uh, uh, n- unless they're in my name. So are why you are you gonna, gonna stop Are you
0: gonna that? be mad at someone helping old ladies cross the road? No. I'm glad someone's doing it. Well, <laughs> but, but but I think sometimes I mean when it comes
1: to church itself, sometimes yeah. there's a competition going on between churches about you know different things, numbers. Yeah, uh, in many ways, uh, uh, outreach in many ways, and I, I think we're all together on this. Uh, we should be joining hands with one another and experiment the gospel. Yeah, and I think that's um, what Jesus
0: kind of helping us here too, because it's coming a time where we're gonna look around and see people doing things for Jesus, and we're gonna question it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna yeah. be like, "Hey, are you? They're not doing it right. Like, what in the world? They oh, they're do- not doing my way. Yeah, so they're, they're not, not doing, doing it my right. way. Hmm. Like, what they're doing? But he was like saying, like, it's an encouragement. Listen, if they're not against us." They're for us. That's right. There's so many people who are gonna be against you. Oh yeah. So many people. So many obstacles. So many trials. You're gonna be. You're gonna find yourself being impeded a lot, right? There's gonna be people as who a, are not doing those things to you. Be thankful. As as a follower of Jesus,
1: we are always. Picking on each other, judging each other, criticizing one another, just putting each other down, rejecting each other. And, and and why are we doing that? The world already, in John, we already read Jesus telling, listen, they hated me. They're going to hate, hate you too. You guys be one. You guys be together. Like this band of brothers and sisters who work together for the kingdom of God. Don't allow, the, don't be bickering with each other, fighting with each other, rejecting each other. Judging each other, condemning each other. Don't be doing that. Because the world be doing that to you already. Like get together, love one another. Bind with each other. Work together for the kingdom of God. Build each other up. You're part of one another. Yeah. And, and 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 so important for us to understand that that we are working, we are pulling to the same direction which is Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and people
0: he, don't have to do the same way that we're do things. And, and he'll sort it out. He'll sort everything That's out at true. the end, you know. he I mean Sometimes we, we tend to put that burden on ourselves, but isn't it great that Jesus took that burden from us? Mm, that we I don't have that. to be the judge. That's right. Sometimes we don't think about it that way. But oh, if we want to be the judge. We want to be the we judge. we want to Be like God in that sense. But but the fact that He took that away from He took that that that's reserved for Him only. Him alone. That's right. right? Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um. So we need to stop. We need to stop criticizing, questioning. Um, Talking behind being hypocrites. People get yeah, yeah. talk about people's and we need to just be in gossiping prayer. about what yeah.
1: people other people are doing. We gotta stop with that, man. Yeah. Um and, and I wanna highlight one last thing here. Yeah. He, he said on verse four, truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will be will be no means lose his reward. It can be as lit le- God will reward the minimal things we do for his kingdom. Like, the, a lot of Christians don't want to use their gifts because they think it's, it's significant. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what it is. Any little movement you make towards God and God's kingdom, yeah, is gonna be rewarded.
0: Yeah, I I I like that because I think it's it's a it's a good reminder because a lot of us sometimes we feel, like I've heard this theory out there like you gotta serve where you can be seen. Oh, right, mm. a lot of people have that. If I'm not seen, I'm not serving. Oh, but listen, you don't gotta be seen. You gotta be seen by the right person, that, and that's God. Mm. And God sees all things. Amen. And whether you're serving downstairs changing a diaper, mm. or you're in the front of the stage doing communion or singing a worship song, mm. all service is equal in God's eye. God Amen. doesn't look at everything and says, "You know what? You're gonna get a you're gonna get a deposit, a little bit more in your bank because you served here." The, no. The idea is that a cup of water. A, a little thing a
1: cup of water what is a cup of water to give a cup of water to yeah. somebody it's yeah. not it's, it's very insignificant
0: yeah. in the greatest scheme of things and it's like yeah. if you give a cup of water you're doing great things yeah um i think you're right i think it's important for us to to recognize that god's god sees everything that even the things that we think insignificant because the things that we think is significant to him they're worthy they're, oh, worthy, yes. of, they're worthy of of for him
1: we, we measure service by eye by men's standards we need to start you may, mer, mer, uh, measuring service by God's standards, yeah. and um, and humility. So to finish it up, maybe yep. humility takes on a, is is a, is big, is big towards God. Humility on earth means yeah. not very good, right? If you're yeah. humble, yeah. Uh, on earth, we we celebrate arrogance, egocentric yeah. people, right? Who is yeah. in the center of everything. on heaven actually is the opposite we celebrate god celebrates humility uh self-sacrifice uh giving to others generosity uh
0: not the other way around well that goes back to the fact that you know selfless right it's about being selfless denying Mm -hmm. self Mm -hmm. and when we lose when we lose sight of who we are not, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. we recognize who we are in light of who Christ is mm-hmm. but when we lose sight of the things of our own interests, our own desires, mm-hmm. then we can truly see what God has for us and to we'll truly see what his will is for our lives because too many times we're clouding it because we're looking at ourselves first like but humility is the is the great um, clearing of this of the, of the wiper blades. like you know like, if when you get humility, you can you can reserve back to yourself, and you can process. Yes, right. A lot of times, people who are out there, they can't process. No, anything. they can't reflect. You can't mm-hmm. do any self-analysis. And I think humility, Jesus, Jesus, uh, he he demonstrated that in a lot mm. of way, a lot of ways, and a lot of things that he's done. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think you're right. Humility is 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 one of the highest form of godliness because when you when you're humble, it takes away from the the one the one sin that caused a great fall pride mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A prideful person and not a humble person you're right and, so. and, uh, and I read
1: these or heard these a long time ago oh, humility leads to a rhythm of life that makes you feel your heart beat something like that. I'm trying to remember like humility guides you to the rhythm of life that makes you feel your heart beat. So many of us are not living in humility. It's all about the business and the things and the egocentric things and that you're not feeling your heartbeat. So meaning like you don't feel yourself alive. Humility makes us feel
0: alive. Yeah. Takes you to the rhythm of life that makes you feel alive kind of Um. I don't know. Well, no, That's it, man. I think uh, we had a lot to talk about in this chapter. Again, chapter nine is just a continuation of the training mm-hmm. of the disciples, just giving them some, some personal teachings and helping them kind of continue to grasp what's what's coming and Mm -hmm. i think i think as we kind of proceed here from 10 and out we'll see things kind of start to pick up but there you have it guys chapter nine hopefully you've enjoyed this uh this section this 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 uh, this week yeah as we say before we always sign off be blessed be blessed have a great one